Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, longtime All Business listeners know I usually like to end each episode with what I've learned, my chance to think about the conversation I just had on the podcast. In this episode, I will do something a little bit different. I'm going to start with the lessons learned in 2021 from our top guest of the year. We'll start with my old friend, Tony Hunter. Tony and I first met when he was the CEO of Tribune Publishing, and I was the CMO of Kodak. These days, Tony is back in the media business as CEO of McClatchy, one of the top newspaper publishers in the United States. While the media business, especially newspapers, has taken its share of lumps over the last few years, Tony leads McClatchy with a positive attitude and a hyper-local focus, but he knows it won't be easy. You got to believe you can win, and we're getting some successes. But I think getting our folks to come to work and expecting to win is, is so important because we've been in bankruptcy, you got the headwinds, you got all this poor, poor us coming from the media as well about our sector. And, and a big part of being a good leader, I think, is showing the path to winning and getting people to expect to win. And that's what we're working on from a cultural standpoint. Like other industries, traditional media has seen many trends accelerate through the course of the pandemic. However, Tony says to survive, many of the big media companies need to start thinking small. Well, what I've found is it's great to have good infrastructure, process, controls, money, um, you know, staff, but, but of course, speed and the ability to test new things and pivot and, and really be all in on the mission. If you think about small companies, you know, they get formed. Everybody that formed it was a big believer in the mission, passionate about what was going on, poured their souls into it. I think that's an important ingredient. Small companies also fight like hell every day to survive. And I think that's the kind of fight we need to have in our company. And last, smaller companies pivot, right? That, you know, that wasn't a mistake. That was a learning. You know, you know and, and I think the larger you get, the more that disappears. And bigger companies, I think, should keep those things that are strengths but they should inject these small company attributes along with the things that matter of being larger. And I think that's great for disruption, frankly. That, that suits you well to prepare you to uh, operate in a disruptive environment. From print media to printing signs, I've known Catherine Munson for years, as well as from my days in the printing industry. She's still at it as a CEO of Propelled Brands, which includes Fast Signs and its portfolio of franchise brands. Catherine is also the chair of International Franchising Association, a professional organization promoting the franchise community. Needless to say, Catherine is bullish on franchises as a business opportunity. With a franchise, you not only have the brain power of the corporate office, if you will, the Fast Lines International and team, but you have the brain power of every single franchisee. So when one franchisee in our network found out that, that there was a market for X, they told us, we told everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, what I love about franchising, it's the brain power of every single member of the brand. 
McDonald's did not sell breakfast until a franchisee who had a piece of real estate called a McDonald's in Boston wanted to sell breakfast. McDonald's corporate never thought about selling breakfast, right? But it was because of an idea, that brain power. And that is why, you know, franchisors, franchisees, the franchise model has done so well. Hey, I love talking about franchises. I had the pleasure of interviewing Ben Midgley this past year. Ben is the CEO and founding partner of Crunch Franchising. After learning the ropes of the fitness business as a competitor, Ben helped grow Crunch Fitness gyms from a concept to one of the fastest growing fitness franchise with locations in 40 states and six countries. As you can guess, the pandemic has been brutal on his franchises and his staff, but Ben says he's learned an important business leadership lesson. I think uh, the importance of, uh, you know, empathy and understanding and uh, listening more uh, to to everybody a little more deeply, a little more intently, right? Yeah. Not that that wasn't there in the workplace before, but um, I think everything that's happened honestly made every everything about business a little bit more human, right? Because we're all in the same boat, we're all dealing with the same things, and um, I think that only brings a team closer together if you do it properly. And, and luckily, you know, up and down the chain here, I think everyone's pretty happy and feeling good about what we're doing. And we know we're going to come out the other end. You just got to stick through it. Business may be getting more human, but as humans, we don't like change. That's a fact. As entrepreneurs, we're always looking to be on the leading edge, not the bleeding edge. While nobody knows what the future will look like, people like Daniel Burris have a pretty good idea. Daniel is a top futurist and has worked with companies of all sizes, even the Pentagon. To anticipate what's next, he says there are only two ways to view trends. All trends are either hard trends based on future facts that will happen. They will happen. You can't stop them. The advantage is you can see them before they hit. That's how you turn disruption into an advantage. That's how you can determine how I can be a disruptor with low risk, because if I don't do it, someone else is going to anyway, or I can sit back and be the disrupted or their soft trends. And soft trends are not based on future facts. They're based on assumptions that may or may not happen. Now, I'm not saying they won't happen. I'm just saying that the likelihood, it's an assumption. It may or may not. And I like both because a hard trend, I know that disruption, that change is going to happen. If I know it's going to happen beforehand, I can make disruption and change my competitive advantage with low risk. With a soft trend, you don't like it. Your business is going down. Sales are going down. Guess what? That's soft. You can change it. You can change a soft trend. I like that. So I love both. Know a disruption I love? Commercial breaks. It's a hard trend with big dividends for my bottom line. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. 
Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. C-Suite Radio. Welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett as we look back on some of our top guests of this year. This year, we talked with many people doing good by doing business, including David Heath. He's the co-founder and CEO of Bombas, a sock company donating a pair of socks to homeless charities for every pair sold. In fact, right now, I'm wearing a pair. Bombas has donated more than 50 million pairs of socks across 50 states. They even designed a whole marketing campaign around this sock, billed as the greatest sock never sold. Since then, Bombas has expanded into things like underwear and T-shirts, but the mission is still the same. You know, we said, okay, there are, you know, many multi-billion dollar companies like Hanes and Fruit of the Loom and Jockey, you know, that uh, just focus on innerwear and basics like socks, tees, and underwear. Um, and admittedly, I feel like those brands are no longer as relevant as they used to be. Um, and so we see ourselves as kind of being the Starbucks of the basics innerwear, you know, category, you know, so Starbucks is to Maxwell house. We are to, you know, Hanes. Yes. It costs two to three times more per product, but the, the product and experience are incredibly uh, are so much better than what you would experience with one of those other brands. And so it's interesting how, that our core strategy internally around our focus as to what we were going to deliver to the customer uh, aligned perfectly with the items that are in most need at homeless shelters. And so, you know, these are the three items that we all wear closest to our body every single day. They're the three items that the homeless community wear closest to their body every single day. Um, And so that's going to be our focus for the next few years. Bombas is part of an overall trend in business of what some call compassionate capitalism. Something Richard Steele says isn't just a fad. Richard is a CEO of Parsec Ventures, a firm that invests in high-growth, subscription-based companies. He also wrote the book, Elevated Economics, How Conscious Consumers Will Fuel the Future of Business. Richard introduced me to the world of ESG. I'll let him explain that. It's a growing category of investment choices that blend environmental, social, and governance factors into those choices. So that's the E, the S, and the G is environmental, social, and governance. So when we think about those things, we're thinking about for environmental, obviously, right? Air emissions and air quality, if you're a business leader, thinking about those things, your energy use and conservation, the transition to to net zero energy sources, things like that, waste management, stuff like that as well. And then on the social side, what are your labor standards, um, production quality and safety issues, your local community impact, things like that. Um, and then on the governance side, how your business behaves, right? Your business practices, ethical business practices, uh, voting rights, board independence, board diversity, um, accounting and transparency, things like that. So that's the overview of ESG. It's You might hear that term used interchangeably with socially responsible investing or sustainable mm. investing. Sometimes the positive impact you leave on the world can't be measured in dollars and cents. Your expertise can be more valuable. Elaine Kuladi is an accomplished entrepreneur and interior designer who competed on the Discovery Plus series Undercover Billionaire. Producers dropped her off in Fresno, California with just $100 in her pocket, an old truck, and a cell phone. At the same time, business ground to halt due to COVID. Her goal was to build a million-dollar business in 90 days. Instead, she helped turn around Shepherd's Inn, a small family restaurant going back generations. The owner had a rough pandemic, shut the business down, and drove a cement truck to make ends meet. Elaine transformed the business into Shep's Club, 
a bar, coffee shop, deli, and an event space. Elaine said the whole experience taught her a lot about business and humanity. I am absolutely certain that the American dream is alive and well in this country and that we are far more united than divided and that people just want to earn money and take care of their families and have some sort of security in their lives. And they don't want to fight about politics. They are not that divided. And I really got a lot out of Fresno and it wasn't just Fresno. It was the fact that anyone that I asked to get involved and to help, you know, for whatever reason, even if they didn't make it through the process, they, they put forth effort. And that to me is a big deal. You know what's a big deal to me? Keeping my advertisers happy and letting you know more about them. We'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. Welcome back to this special episode of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. We're looking back at some of our top business guests and life wisdom over the last year. Business is complicated, but sometimes we need to take a step back and appreciate its simplicity. Jeff Hoffman is best known for his role in the early days of Priceline.com. He's now the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, working with entrepreneurs worldwide. He's also worked with the White House, the State Department, and the United Nations. Yet, even with such an accomplished resume, he says one of his biggest business learnings came from a five-year-old's constant questioning one day. This light bulb moment turned asking why from someone annoying to a mandatory part of his organization. I started something that we do twice a year, we call it five-year-old day. I ask everybody in my company to wander through our entire business and operation and act like a five-year-old. Question everything we do and keep asking why until we either know why we're still doing that or we simply stop doing it. So I learned that from a five-year-old. We do five-year-old day twice a year. We question everything we do and why we do it that way. And frequently, we no longer know why we still do it that way. It's simply inertia. And a five-year-old's idea helps us literally redesign the company. Speaking of leaders with excellent pedigree, you can't get any better than Keith Kroc. Keith was chairman and CEO of both DocuSign and Ariba and was one of the youngest vice presidents in the history of General Motors and more recently served as the Undersecretary of State for Economic Growth, Energy, and the Environment in the Trump administration. Despite his 42 years in business guiding multi-billion dollar deals, Keith said serving his country was one of the biggest honors of his life. We have so much to be grateful for, uh, particularly in this country. You know, if there's anything that I learned, uh, my time out in Washington is, is the value of freedom and the value of democracy. And, you know, democracy is an experiment in the United States. You know, it's, it's you know, 200 and some years old. And it goes against all the laws of physics. The, you know, the natural state of things, the bad king, the dictator and the emperor. And you got to fight every day for that. Um, and so to be thankful uh, that we can live in, a, in, in such a great country and uh, and, be, you know, this is a time where you think about your family and your friends, uh, your faith and, and, and all of that. On the other end of success in government sits Anthony Scaramucci. The former White House communications director is famous or infamous for serving only 11 days in the Trump administration. The mooch is always a lively conversation, and he didn't disappoint. However, when we talked this year, he was 
a lot more reflective on his time in government. Here's what I would say. I don't have any regrets. I learned so much about the system, the government. Uh, I was inside the White House for 11 days, flew Air Force One three times. I was really trying to help President Trump. Obviously, I was unsuccessful at doing that. Uh, For your younger listeners, I did something really stupid. I said something to a reporter that I trusted. My bad. The guy outed me. Be accountable for your mistakes. I've never blamed anybody for my firing other than myself. I own that firing. My fault. Deserved to be fired. Let's move on. Uh, That's uh, learning lesson number one. Learning lesson number two, get over yourself. You know, you know, you got to learn to forgive yourself in life. If you're a C-suite network person and you've made a mistake, don't dwell on it. I don't get up in the morning, kick myself in the pants and say, wow, I did something stupid in the White House, got myself fired. You know, go forward. Don't look in the back. And then the third thing is uh, I think it's made me more humble. I think it's made me more psychologically minded about what's going on in our society. And for those things, Jeffrey, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful, too. I'm thankful for another successful season of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett in 2021. It was a year of great conversations with some of the brightest minds in business. We couldn't have done it without you. I learned a lot, and I hope you did too. Our listeners are what keeps us going. If you weren't listening, we wouldn't have a show. So thank you. We've got a great year planned with more great insight from business leaders and a few surprises along the way. Stay tuned. And don't forget to tell a friend all about all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.